Welcome to Let's Get Unraveled, a place where artists from all walks of life come to share their unabridged stories and speak openly and candidly about their creative journeys. We're so happy you're here. Hi, everybody. I'm Co Hodges, co-founder and lead instructor at Unraveled Academy. And today I'm stoked to be chatting with Tim Riddick about his journey and building his business and all the highs and lows that come with that. Uh, Tim is a celebrated wedding photographer and has spoken at different conferences, which is how I got to know about him. I'm really, really excited to talk to him. Um, he's been warm and, and welcoming, and I'm just excited that you're here. So, Tim, thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for having me. This is kind of crazy, but awesome. (laughs) It's good. It's good. Um, I've been meaning to talk to you for quite a while. You've been on my list of people to connect with for a decent chunk of time. Uh, Tony Black actually was the one who turned me on to your work um, and just said so much uh, good about you, of course. And I was like, yeah, this guy's rad. So um, stoked to have you on the show. So will you start by telling all of our listeners where you're located in the world and what work you primarily do? Okay, so yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I am located in the Metro Washington, D.C. area. Um, That is actually not where I'm from, but it's where I live. Um, I primarily do wedding photography, and I have been dabbling into a bunch of other stuff within my local community. Uh, Recently, I've worked on uh, several political campaigns uh, for local people running for office here in uh, the county that I live in. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what I do. It's kind of what I love to do. It's really big into uh, getting to meet and talk to new people. That's so rad. I love that. And I'm sure that you have connected with Kevin Lowry on that level with just like the political um, side of things. And, uh, you know, that work is so powerful. And I I commend you for that and really taking your craft and um, and, and making it, you know, a, a public, you know, affair, truly. What, what has that been like? What, uh, what type of projects have you done for that? Oh, gosh. So there, you know, so one of the things that I really concentrated, and this kind of goes a little bit along the business side of things, is um, I really kind of felt that when I first started out as a photographer, or I shouldn't even really say a photographer as a creative, because I do a lot of different stuff. Um, but like when I first started out as a creative, that I was like, my mind frame was set on all the wrong things, mm-hmm. you know, like I was like yeah. trying to become world famous uh, <laughs> by, you know, like trying to travel all over the world and shoot all these awesome destination weddings and uh, chasing after all the wrong metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I decided to do is I decided to go small to go big. Um, so I decided to go uh, like to get famous in my local community before I ever decided to take on the world. So um, I would did it backwards. I tried to take on the world and realized that I was like just floundering everywhere. So I really made a concentrated effort on like figuring out what I could provide the community that I'm in um, and go from there. So I've been uh, very fortunate to have worked on about four or five different political campaigns in my county for candidates who were running for local office. Mm. Um, I've had uh, the privilege of shooting some stuff up in D.C. for larger candidates um, as well, which has been uh, just an awesome experience. Because uh, I, I really feel as if that uh, building relationships, uh, like real life personal relationships is the best way to go about business. And I think we have spent collect the collective. We have spent way too much time online building relationships with people who will probably never meet um, versus building relationships with the people that are right in our own community. And there's been some real wins with doing with like going this route. Um, There was, so we have this thing. So I live in Prince William County in Northern Virginia and they have these awards like you know it's called like the best of prince william county mm-hmm. and there are about seven or eight photography categories uh and i've had the privilege of sweeping all seven wow i um, just really like getting out there and being a large part of my community 
um, which has given me so many extra um, benefits outside of like, you know, and outside of other connections that have helped right. build my brand a little bit more nationally outside of, you know, just trying to tackle it all on my own. Oh man, that's so cool. It, I love, I love that you're exactly who I thought you were going to be. <laughs> like you are, you are, your heart is, I just feel it. And it's, I know we throw around the word authentic, like it's, it's almost played out at this point, but it really, it means so much to me, the word. Um, and you really are. So thank you for everything that you, you do. And I'm not surprised you want all these awards. I mean, your work is stunning. I was looking at your website the other day. I was like, damn, he's so talented. Um, Oh my gosh. Okay. Can you tell a little bit of a backstory about building your business initially, starting out, um, the family component there and uh, the, the difficult stuff? Yeah. So oh gosh, let's, well, we're going to get into the, the nitty gritty here. So yeah, be prepared. let's do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, I'm actually from uh, Hawaii is where I, you know, I spent the majority of my life and I was recruited out of high school for wrestling. Wow. And I went to uh, Auburn University in Alabama. Uh, unknown, like with ever, like actually like kind of wrapping my head around that fact of yeah. going to school in the South. But, uh, my father came along, my father and my cousins and my brother came along with me on this trip. And, uh, my dad used to tell me like these things that I just never really understood, or I shouldn't say, well, let me just go ahead and just be brutally honest. And I think, yeah. um, so I was on the wrestling team. I was in college full time. I was working full time. I was in, uh, I was in a fraternity, and I just thought that I had it all figured out. You know, it was like one of those like I was really big for my britches. I guess is how my parents <laughs> would say it. And uh, so my dad used to tell me um, as a kid or as a, a young adult, I guess I should probably say, is like, hey, I don't care what you're doing. I know you've got a lot going on. I just need to know like where you're at. Like, yeah. like, you know, like I'm paying for your cell phone. Just give me a call. And let me know where you're at. I don't care what time you come home. I don't care if you come home. I just need to know where you're at. And yeah. for some reason, I just could not do it. I shouldn't say I couldn't do it. I just wouldn't do it. Like my dad, um, like it must have reminded me like 10 or 12 times, maybe more than probably is more like 30 times to be honest. <laughs> honest. And one day I had come home from work. I was a bartender. And I come home from work at like two in the morning and naturally I hadn't told my dad where I was or what time I was coming home. And I came home that night and my dad had all of my stuff packed up on the front porch. Um, at the time I didn't have much, uh, you know, obviously cause I was still living at home. So I had like a trash bag full of clothes, a DVD player and a couple of DVDs. And I remember like, I being so prideful, I didn't want to knock on the door, you know, and let my dad know that I was yeah. picking up my stuff or that I was leaving. So I was like, I would grab all my stuff. Uh, I was putting it into the hatchback of my Honda Civic. Hmm. And I remember going up and getting the last trash bag of clothes and my dad cracked open the door and was the last thing he said to me before I left that night was, he's like, you know, Tim, he's like, you'll never make it in the real world. Uh, you have no clue how hard it is. Um, and that was it. And he closed the door. Uh, so I spent, uh, you know, that night I slept in my car cause I didn't have really anywhere to go. And I, you know, I was pretty much homeless for about five to six weeks. Uh, I was still going to school and still working and, you know, I got a gym membership so I could, uh, you know, shower and shave and, and do all that other jazz. And um, and then I would drive the next county up and I would sleep in my car because I didn't want any of my friends to know that I was homeless yeah. kind of thing. And uh, I remember maybe it was like week three or week four and of like sleeping at this gas station in my car and thinking to myself that I never wanted to feel this way again like you know I, I feel I don't want to say it was it wasn't rock bottom for me but it was it was pretty damn close if I'm being 100% honest 
Um, so I took like all that resentment, like, I mean, literally resentment that I had for my dad and I put myself through school. Um, I left and I went, um, I graduated and went to the university of Georgia and, you know, did that and got a, ended up, you know, with a master's degree. And I just, everything that I did was really to prove my dad wrong. Amazing, yeah. Yeah. So after uh, I was a photojournalism major, you know, or whatever, and and I wanted to do, um, gosh, I I really wanted to work in film. I wanted to, uh, so I went to a job fair at the University of Georgia, and I I got a job working at DreamWorks Studios as an assistant film editor based on some stuff that I had done for the university and on my own. And uh, so I moved to Orlando, Florida. I was working uh, at DreamWorks. I had my yeah you know, my dream job. I was making almost six figures a year. Uh, I was young, uh, twenty six, twenty seven years old, and then the uh, twenty yeah twenty six, and then the economy tapped out. You know, went under, and I got let go with four hundred other employees, yeah. and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do next. So I went back to bartending. And I had a friend that was getting married on Halloween and was like, you know, hey, Tim, do you want to shoot my wedding? And I was like, dude, no way. I don't want to shoot you. Like, it's, I'm a photojournalist. I am not a wedding <laughs> photographer. Uh, <laughs> and then We're still wedding. Yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> like, it's not what I do. I don't do that kind of stuff. And um, so finally he convinced me to do it because I always had a camera with me at the time, you know, like walking yeah. around. I always had a camera. And um so I said, yes, I photographed his wedding and I refused to let him pay me because mm-hmm. I had no clue what I was doing. Uh, I mean, I could point a camera and shoot and get an accurate exposure, you know, but I wasn't a wedding photographer. So I told him, I was like, you know, dude, I was like, why don't you just pay me in beer and we'll just call it a day. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, the oldest group, currency. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah. So I shot my first wedding. Back in 2008, uh, for a case of beer, <laughs> and the photos were god awful. <laughs> I, I like, yeah, they were fine. The couple was happy uh, with the images, but I was like, I was like, dude, why is everyone looking every which direction? I, you know, like I just my posing was awful. It just it looked like everything. It looked exactly how my parents' wedding photos looked. Like, <laughs> This is not what I wanted to do. Uh, so, yeah, it just kind of uh, went from there. It was like kind of like one of those things where I kind of caught the bug. I was like, well, this doesn't suck as much as I thought it was going to suck. Right. My photos sucked, but I enjoyed the time <laughs> I had. Uh, I, I enjoyed the time that I had shooting it. So we, uh, a girl that I was dating at the time, um, lived in the Metro DC area. Well, she was from the Metro DC area and, uh, we had broken up and gotten back together. I had, was pursuing teaching college. I, cause I wasn't a hundred percent sure what I wanted to do. Um, I was working on my doctorate and I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do next with my life. I, wedding photography still wasn't a major part of anything that I thought I was going to do. Um, but she, she got a job up in D.C., and I followed her shortly afterwards. Luckily, we're married with kids now, so it definitely mm. worked out. Oh, my um, gosh. I love that. Yeah, so it definitely worked out. So, like, when I got to D.C., I was like, okay, I'm going to try to take this wedding photography to the next step. Yeah. And I um, – I'll never forget this. It's probably, like, 2010, 2011, and I had gone to, like, probably what every other photographer had done. I'd gone to like the knot and, <laughs> and, and I was like top 10 wedding planners in Washington, DC. And I emailed them all. I was like, you know, Hey, you know, like I'm Tim, I'm a new photographer in town. I love to get on your preferred wedding list. And keep in mind, I had probably only shot like four weddings. I had no business even reaching out to these, to <laughs> right. these uh, top 10 wedding planners in Washington, DC. Sure. No, absolutely no business. And like, so like, naturally because my work was awful um no one responded Um, so i was kind of like you know a couple months later 
I was having this conversation, a random conversation with my wife. And I was like, you know, I don't, I wonder how can I get in front of some of these wedding planners? And she was like, well, aren't majority wedding planners girls? And I was like, yeah, yeah, the vast majority. And then it just, something clicked in my head. So I went right back to that same 10 list of wedding planners that I had, um, that I had emailed earlier and I emailed them back again. And I was like, Hey, my name's Tim. Same line. I'm a wedding photographer, a new wedding photographer in the Washington DC area. Um, I'd love to get to meet you and sit down and have a conversation. Um, I'm willing to offer you a free Manny Petty uh, in in order for me to get sit down in front of you with my portfolio. Wow! And nine of them responded yes. No way! Yeah. So, so, we uh, love Manny Petties. Yeah, <laughs> who can say no to a free Manny Petty, right? Great. So I sat there with my feet in the water and my printed portfolio out yeah. uh yeah i got on the michaels and gotten one of those like photography portfolio things because that's what i did in college so i thought this would be the exact same thing i printed out like my 30 favorite photographs of weddings that i had shot or just different things that i had photographed in the past and i sat there with my feet in the water getting like pedicures by the way <laughs> and even though my feet like my feet were probably the softest they had ever been and, <laughs> and i sat there Wow, just just talking shop and letting them flip through my portfolio. And from those relationships uh, and those free Manny Petties, I they started sending work my way. Wow. And then it went from where I shot like 13 weddings one year to 47 weddings the next year to 56 weddings. And it just it just kept steamrolling it's like just building those relationships with these wedding planners um and then i get to the point to where i had had my first son so i started to scale back a little bit um but yeah that's kind of how i kind of got started to be 100 percent honest with you it was just sheer luck and and ingenuity from like thinking of like how can i get in front of people i i always felt like you know like i I can get online and email these people, but you know, like I need to physically get in front of them so they can hear my passion for what I'm doing. Right. right, right. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of how it's a long story, but I, I feel like being like having that resentment of being kicked out and having to find a way to be resourceful to uh, from being homeless kind of helped me in finding ways to be resourceful as a young wedding photographer. Um, so yeah, so yeah, that's kind of the story of kind of how I got started. Amazing. Dude, we have a lot of parallels in our lives. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, and a lot of this just really touched my heart, especially the, I love how you were really honest about the resentment pushing you. I also have a similar story where, you know, um, family members, people close to you, parents tell you, you can't, um, it, you might not be good enough. And you're like, Oh, you just wait, I'm going to show you, you know, and using that as a driving force are obviously a very driven human. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this industry, you know, I, I talk about this all the time. You have to be hungry. You have to be driven. Um, you can't, you know, just kick around and be like, oh, I think I'm going to be a photographer. You know, it's, it's a, it's a different beast. And I love that you put yourself out there like that. I want to ask you this mm-hmm. for though, cause we have a wide, but huge, huge variety of different personalities within our industry. Right. Sure. Um, I can, I'm not incredibly introverted. I have my moments of course, but, or else I wouldn't be doing this podcast, but I'm pretty extroverted. Um, and I've always been in a space where I'm like, worst case scenario, someone says no to me. And I feel like you are kind of on that line, right? Like, well, oh, I'm going to try this. If they say no, then I'll try something else. Yeah. Um, for those that are, really shy for those that struggle with like social anxieties. Um, you know, I, I feel like they'll, they'll hear your story and be like, oh, but I couldn't do that. You know, yeah. what would you say to them? Well, I, I think for people who deal with social anxiety, with getting in front of people, especially as a wedding photographer mm-hmm. uh, or being in the wedding industry, because I, if you're listening and you're not a photographer, maybe you're a filmmaker or a planner or a florist, 
or, or whatever, if you're within the creative field, I think that um, if, if doing stuff in smaller groups, do mm. you know, like if like finding one person that you can just talk to and relate to and build relationships with um, will really help propel you from going and building a relationship with someone else. Um, I think the, the, there are so many different ways, uh, you know, if I'm just being perfectly honest, I feel like we as creatives, cause I mean, I am a, a photographer, but I consider myself to be a creative have been sold such a false bill of goods when it comes to the way of finding success, mm-hmm. um, or, or finding or trying to, or even trying to come up with an idea of what success looks like for us. Cause it's different for everyone. Um, is that we said like, you know, you build a website and put the SEO juice into it and try to get ranked in Google and have Google send people your way. Um, I, I think that like finding, if you're an introvert, if you, if you find other introverts that share your same, uh, passion, um, someone that like, is not uh, going to judge you on who you are as a person, but it will help build you up. Um, I think that is always a great way of, of building um, rapport with people. I mean, we are in a people business, right? We are dealing with couples. If you're a photographer, wedding photographer at that with, you know, spending time with two people, you're going to be the one person that's going to be spending the most time with a couple on their wedding day. Uh, so being able to have like even if it's other introverts being able to bounce ideas off of them even if you're like okay i'm not the type of person that wants to meet someone face to face um then maybe like it's getting into like sliding into somebody's dm and being like hey i would like you know really love your opinion about something so that way you can build that rapport without actually like meeting them in person. And then once you have like a certain level of trust built up that you can um, then take that and what I like, I like to call it the the snowball effect. Like when you, when you get a couple of wins, it makes it a little bit easier to kind of step outside of your comfort zone a little bit and uh, to get that really big one. Yeah. Baby steps. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, And going back to like being sold at false bill of goods, I mean, there's so many different ways to find success, but I feel like, you know, we're all chasing it the same way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We're all, everyone's like putting in their website and stuffing it with SEO and then somehow Google deems you, and waiting till Google deems you worthy enough mm-hmm. to, to rank. <laughs> the uh, Google gods, yes. The Google gods, right? Like, <laughs> so many other ways uh, of, of tackling success and really like, I mean, I can only speak for myself. Um, my idea of success was never a dollar amount. It was just to live my life better than my father. And, and, and that uh, having that as my barometer of what I thought success would be really kind of helped me tackle some things um and and to find that level of success i mean i i don't even say like it's the line is always moving right like you once you feel like you've you know you've gotten to where you needed to be there's always somewhere else to go (laughs) for sure (laughs) 100 Right. Right. And it's always shifting as you're, you know, maturing and growing and um, raising a family and the shifts in life there. And I would love to talk a little bit more about that too, as you you built your business and then, you know, you, you found your, your wife in the, in the midst of all that and had started a family and, you know, being self-employed and a a family man. I mean, I, I have kids too, self-employment with children, providing and then finding the time and the balance and all that stuff can be really tricky. What do you think were the most difficult parts while building your success story, you know, in relation to your family? What what was the trickiest stuff? Wow. Okay. I think one of the trickiest things for me personally, um, so I have three little boys and they are, uh, gosh, seven, five and three now. Babies. 
Yeah, yeah, there it's it's a craziness constantly yeah. at Casa de Riddick. Um, <laughs> I think some of the hardest things was being gone for some pretty important events as I chased things like um, you know, I think I've you know, I've missed some birthdays because I was booked on a Saturday. Um, I got booked, uh, you know, my second son, Gray, who was born, I miss his, like his first Thanksgiving because I was shooting a wedding in Costa Rica. Um, so, you know, there, I think those are the things that I think one of the things that I find extremely difficult, uh, is trying to find that balance. Right. And I I think that's the case for a lot of people. Uh, I feel more often than not that I give myself, I give a lot of myself to other people. Mm. And sometimes um, my family gets the leftovers. Yeah. And um, it's something that like, I'm always striving to better. Like, you know, like there is like this, thing where you know I was shooting 35 45 weddings a year and uh, my kids weren't really of age to play sports they weren't really into anything they were you know they were kids and they naturally they wanted me home more but this year I really took a uh, a concentrated effort to like I will only I will only photograph 27 weddings this year which is probably the lowest amount that I've shot since I um since I first uh, started, shortly before I first started, but um, I really made some intentional efforts to, and it was intentional, and I gave a lot of weddings away because I wanted to coach my son's soccer team. Yeah. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to coach my son's baseball team uh, and be there for swim and taekwondo. Like I, I really had to make an intentional effort. I don't want to say like making up for lost time or making up for the times that, that I weren't there. They were young enough to, they won't ever have any memories of me um, not being there when they were one or missing their first birthday. I was always there the day that we celebrated and I just maybe wasn't there the day of the actual, the day of the actual event. So I think, um, you know, being a parent, one of the things that even one of the things that I've done um, as a creative is every year on my kids' birthdays, uh, I make sure that I handwrite them a note. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, even though my old, my oldest son is just reading now um, and I haven't given it to him. My, my whole goal was that like every year for their life that I was going to write them a letter, put some pictures of them, uh, of me and my wife and my kids into this envelope and I would mail it to them. So I would, they would know, and then I would give them to them on the day that they got married, uh, or willing that I'm still around when they decide to get married. But like, I want them to have, Hey, when I was one, this is exactly what my dad was thinking or what we were going through or where we were living or, or the struggles he was having as a father. Um, I wanted to document that so that they could have that later on in life. Cause I feel so much, uh, especially as a father, um, that emotions and feelings are generally something that society has like, that we don't share that we do, that we don't emote and we don't share those, uh, the same feelings as, as mothers that we are the provider of the family. And that's pretty much our, role or a lot in life. Um, but I wanted nothing more from probably about the time I was like 22 or 23 than to become a father. Uh, and to give my kids a, a, a life, you know, worth remembering. So like when I give them, so whenever they get married, they'll have like a letter for each year of their birthday that they can open up and read and share with hopefully one day their children or, you know, son or daughter, you know, that, you know, their, their dad um, was more like, you know, and I, this is like always one of the things, even that I share on my website that I am so much more than just a photographer, yeah. you know, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a lover, I'm a friend. Um, 
You know, there's a lot of things that make me who I am. Uh, photography is just an avenue that I get to express myself. Oh, I love that. And I felt that it, and like from a business standpoint, and I love how you wrap in the personal side into your business structure. Um, cause I feel like that is lost on people. And I feel like, you know, you could, you could tell someone, you know, you should be yourself and, and, and your personality should, you know, you breathe it into your, everything you do in your social media and your website and, um, and the right people will come to you because of who you are as a person. Sure. And I still feel like people look outwardly like, okay, well, let's see what so-and-so is doing. And I'll kind of sort of replicate that because they haven't really found what you found. And like just you talking about yourself, you really know yourself and you have this, this really beautiful self-reflection. And and I felt it just reading your website, um, with your about me and your personal stuff, um, really felt like, like I said, like you're exactly what I thought Mm -hmm. I'd be talking to. And it's really cool. And I love that you, you know, are this, like you're a man, but then you're soft, you know, yeah, and, like, yeah. <laughs> and talking about your, your family and your wife. And it's so sweet. And, um, and I love that. I love that you're allowing yourself. And I agree with the vulnerability side for men, this, the social norms and the social constructs that we put on uh, boys and, and men um, needs to shift. And I think you're doing your boys justice by letting them see that um, for sure. Well, sure. Like, I, th- I think my ultimate goal as a as a parent, which really plays into even my photography business, is to raise young, empathetic boys, you know, that eventually turn into empathetic men. And there are things that my wife and I are very intentional about when, um, when even when we're communicating, you know, with our kids. And, you know, and it's not to say that you know, I think the thing is, this is as parents, it's, it's a gigantic guess. Like there's no like real model of do this and this will result in this. It's right. the, the model is, is to be a good person and a good human and to leave society a little bit different than when it was when you left it. Right. You know? And I feel like so many people, we get into photography for, um, are we for all the wrong reasons? Sometimes, sometimes we're chasing notoriety. Um, sometimes we're chasing fame. Sometimes we're doing it for money. Sometimes we're doing it just because we love it. And somehow in the middle of it, we lose ourselves. Yeah. Um, cause we're chasing all the wrong things. We're, ch- we're chasing, um, heart shaped smashes and likes and thumbs mm-hmm. up on Facebook and social media that we have, um, lost ourselves, you know, like, I'm currently going through, I'm ending a, a like 45 day Facebook hiatus because um, <laughs> I really didn't like the way that it was making me feel. Yeah. Um, and it was like destroying my, my productivity and my dreams. Right. Like one of the things that like, you know, and I, t- I share this with people all the time is that like, you know, social media is slowly destroying your dreams because you spend so much time like scrolling Mm-hmm. And less time creating, yeah. you know, and I, and I, I want to create, I like, you know, I got into this, um, into photography cause I felt the need to create, uh, the, like it was something that was like yearning in my body. Like I, I wanted to create something. I, I was, I knew I wasn't built for that very typical nine to five and clocking out in and out on somebody else's clock. Um, not necessarily, I didn't have the desire to be my own boss by any means of the imagination, but I had the desire to create. And I think one of the things that we forget as photographers, um, and I, I've shared this with you know, some of my YouTube videos and, and I even shared them online, is that what we do has a 300-year shelf life. Um, and there's probably nothing beyond the legacy that I'll leave for my kids um, that will have that much importance. You know, like the, the thing is, is like with every click that we take of our, of our cameras, that photo may be important to someone's grandparents, to their parents, to them, to their kids, to their great grandkids. And once you get to the great, great, you'll be lucky to be sitting on someone's shelf. Right. But, but that's a long time. And that's just, and I, I think that's one of the things that I didn't really realize initially when I first started. Uh, I didn't think about the 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 long term aspect of what we do. I mean, we're we are 
we we are history makers. Yeah. Right. Like we we are documenting history, and and I take that with uh, with a lot of importance, uh, and a lot of uh, it has a lot of weight behind it. Yeah. So I always tell people if you're doing this just for money, then do us all a favor and just get out. Yeah. You know you are you are ruining this ruining this for the rest of us. And what I mean by that is that like you're the reason why we have to answer those questions on the knot. Yeah. Do you know like do you have multiple camera bodies? Do you have <laughs> yeah, of course right. I do. I'm a, if I like, no call, shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I call myself a pro, I should have multiple cameras. <laughs> you know, I should have multiple lenses. Uh, have you ever right. worked with a bridal party larger than six? Of course I have. You know, <laughs> right. you know, so it's just it's just one of those kind of things that I always, you know, share with people and I share with my clients that, you know, Hey, I understand the weight that this has. Yeah. And I take it with great responsibility because I'm also doing the same thing for my kids. Right. Right. And that footprint that you're leaving behind, you know, isn't just about your footprint. It's about other people's memories and really truly documenting who they are right now uh, for 100%. the longevity. Yeah. Everything that we do is about relationships, right? Yeah. We, we're, oh, yeah. Do you know everything. Like everything. Everything. We're built for relationships. I mean, even if you're not a faith follower, you know, if, if you believe in God and you believe that Adam and Eve were created, like God looked at Adam's like, yeah, this isn't right. I've got to create <laughs> Eve, right? Because yeah. like we're built for relationships. Um, and the thing is, the thing is this is that like I, I always kind of feel that um, even for people who, who are struggling with where they're, where they're finding, um, their place in this industry, I would always tell them start with relationships first Absolutely. and building those. Um, and I'm not talking about just relationships online. I mean, like, do you like take someone out for a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and if you're an introvert, just drop someone aside into someone's DM and get to know them. And then maybe you guys can go out for a cup of coffee or, or something like that. I, I just think that it's really, really important um, that we don't lose that in ourselves because the digital age has, has kind of gotten us, gotten us away from that. Right. Right. I, I agree. I think that, and this is something that I've been thinking and actually speaking about more lately, I, because I think I'm in a place in my life, I just turned 35 and I think I'm in a place in my life where I'm really digging into like, <laughs> not to be cliche, but like what all of this means. Right. And you know, the next 35 years and how I'm going to play it out and be different, but truly like this entire journey for me, the best part, whether it was like building a business or building a nonprofit or doing unraveled, the best part has been the people and cultivating these relationships that are, that will be for a lifetime, you know, and uh, ones that wouldn't have existed otherwise. So it really is, so special. And like you said, everything is about relationships. Everything is about this human connection and experience mm-hmm. we're all having together. Um, and it is absolutely the best part. Oh, dude, a hundred percent. Do you, do you know what the best part of watching the game of the game of Thrones is, <laughs> is experiencing it with other people? Yes. Do you know yes. what I mean? like it's, absolutely. or going online and being able to have a shared experience, you know, and, and that is, uh, you know, because we're built for relationships. Yeah. Hell yeah, we really are. Yeah. Oh man, I love this. Okay, so let's talk about people who are just starting out because I feel like there's so many people, I mean, constantly, every day there's new photographers uh, taking on this beast, right? Yeah. And I've made tons of mistakes, you know, in the beginning. For you, what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes you're seeing new photographers making? Oh gosh, dude, I can go on about this. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, do you have a second? Um, yeah, yeah, it's all so, stages. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, okay, so let's 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 get real here for uh, a quick second. <laughs> not it. that I haven't, not that I haven't been real. I I feel that so many new photographers, new creatives, um, they get caught at looking at the finished product of their idols. Mm-hmm. You know, they, and the best way that I can relay this is that so many people look at Beyonce today, right? They don't, they don't, they forget what Beyonce Knowles was when she was 16 
struggling to be a singer um, or, or trying to find her way. Beyonce now, at, uh, I'm just taking a guess, at 37 or 38, looks as if she's gotten it all figured out. But we as creatives look at the finished product. We don't look at all the struggles it has taken the person to get there. You know, I think that is just a gigantic mistake that we that new creatives make. Um, I think one of the other things is that a lot of creatives uh, make is they don't soon as they hit a little adversity, they have the tendency to want to quit or they have a down year um, or they maybe they only book five weddings in 2019 and they're like, well, no one respects me. Uh, but instead of learning from those L's is why I kind of turn your L's into lessons instead of like learning from those and how to uh, not make those same mistakes again, or, or how to go out and try to figure out a new creative way to find business. We quit. Um, and I think that is just, you're not doing yourself a, a justice. If you're saying that if you're bold enough to say that, Photography is something that you want to do for the rest of your life. If photography is something that you're super passionate about, then you have to realize that there are going to be down years and there are going to be great years. And sometimes down years happen in waves. But all it does, all it will take is a really bad year to cause someone to quit. But in the same essence, if you can take those or in the same way, if you can take those that down year and figure out, well, what am I doing different? Like, what am I not doing that I was doing the year before the year that I had a good year? Or what can I do differently? If I feel like so many times we fail to get creative with finding new ways to find new business. Mm -hmm. uh, again, because we've fallen into that trap of, of thinking that there's only one way to do things. Uh, you know, I, I get online all the time and I see photographers complaining. I shouldn't say complaining. They'll post in like a Facebook group and they'll be like, is anybody else having a bad year this year? And uh, other people will chime in. Yeah, my bookings aren't as good as they used to be. Um, maybe it's because the new photographers are undercutting us with people. They stop going to... Um, like, you know, in the Washington, D.C. area, we have a couple of Facebook groups and we have like weekly get togethers. Um, I don't make them all, but I've made them enough to where I've built relationships with people. And if they're booked, they'll send me jobs. Yep. You know, um, I think one of the other things that people do as young business is that, that they don't acknowledge other people's work. I'm huge into this of just randomly dropping people random dms to let them know that i even if i don't comment on their blog um that i notice that they're doing great work yeah. and you know like i like my my goal is to lift other people up um and not to bring them down so very rarely will you ever hear me get online to complain um, this is so easy to do there's so many people already out there doing that that it's just not something that you'll hear from me. And this is just a, it's not because I don't have things to complain about. I have a ton of things that I, <laughs> that I could complain yeah, yeah. about, but that's just not who I am. I want to build people up. I'm going to drop, um, heck, we were talking about Kevin, uh, Laurie. I, I dropped him a DM several months ago and just like, Hey man, I just want to let you know your work is just amazing. Uh, I think that, uh, you're such an inspiration to me. I love the way that you're going about things. And, and little do you know, like, you don't know what other people are going through. That could be like what it would take to get that person back to creating again or back to, or, or being able to spread the love to somebody else. Um, I'm really big in, in, into that. I think that's one of the things that young creatives can do is acknowledge other people's wins. Mm, um, yes. I think that's really, that's, that's really, really important. Um, Cause I mean, we're not, we, so much of what we do is on our own. You know, we generally, we edit on our own. We come up with ideas on our own. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so much of what we do is stuck behind, is behind a computer sitting at a desk that it's, it's just nice to hear someone say something nice about you. So I would recommend if you're listening to this and, 
you're uh, digging what I have to say to go out and find 10 people. They don't have, doesn't have to be photographers. Just drop them a little love in their DM and just kind of help build other people up. I'm telling you, not only will it make them feel great, it'll make yourself feel better as well. Um, so yeah, that's like one of the things I feel that, um, you know, young business owners can do a little bit better. Um, is not, and I'm not talking about going out to like, you know, I'm just using his name as an example of the Jonas Petersons of the world. I'm talking about talking about like, like your, your people who, you know, aren't getting acknowledged. Jonas is getting acknowledged. He does a great job. His work is amazing. Right. Um, you know, he's shooting $20,000 weddings. Right. Um, right. You know, um, I'm talking about the dude who's only, who's only, shooting weddings for $1,500 because they had, they're just trying to make a little scratch money and just yeah. send them a little love. Yeah. So yeah, sorry. So much. I can, I can. No, go. that's good. I think that that's so amazing. And truly it's so simple. And I love it. You're like, it makes you feel good. It also, you know, starts this ripple effect. You know, it's just like buying someone behind you in Starbucks, their coffee, you know, you're like, I don't know you, you're a stranger, but this might brighten your day. And then that person's day is for sure brightened. And then they go brighten someone else's day. And the ripple effect is beautiful. And like the more of that in our industry, the better. Well, yeah, I think, you know, there's this whole thing that's like com- community or competition. I mean, there, there, there is something to be said about that. Um, but, you know, the thing is, this is like every community is, every person inside of a community is pursuing a different goal. Mm-hmm. Um and I think sometimes you just want to acknowledge others. You know, I think, I do think that um, young creatives, uh, I shouldn't even say young, because you could be deciding that you're 45 and just getting into wedding photography or just right. uh, getting into photography, um, is to not forget that we're all learning. No one, no one's got it all figured out, even if they had this per- false perception that they do. Correct. Absolutely. I think that is a huge point, actually, and one that um, people fall into, you know, the slippery slope of the comparison game. And then we've got imposter syndrome going on like everywhere. And I do think that, you know, like you're saying, like people looking at the finished product and go and eyeballing it and kind of like looking at that as an ideal. Like, I could never, I could never. They're just so amazing. Um, and not seeing the struggle and the beginnings and the early phases and the middle phases and the continued hustle because we're all hustling and no one's ever really made it like, well, this is it. I've made it. Now I can just coast. Yeah. You know, as soon as, soon as you feel that way, you get passed, you get passed by. Yes. Right. A hundred percent. And I think that or you get a very stark reminder of how you have not made it. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent on that one. I, I cannot agree anymore on that. Hmm. Oh man. So how about this? What is the best piece of advice you have ever gotten about business? Hmm. Wow. Okay. The best Mm -hmm. piece of advice that I've ever been given about business. Okay. So I would probably think that the best piece of I guess advice I've ever, ever been given has been like to not chase gear, to chase my craft. Mm. Um, and this is a kind of goes back to like mistakes that we make early on and, and um, more sometimes often is we always think that that new camera is going to make our images look better or that new lens with a, mm-hmm. you know, 1.2 uh, aperture is going to, give us the the desire that we're the, the look that we're hoping to get all that's going to end up happening is like, you're going to get that new lens and realize that you're still left a little empty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that immediate gratification, you know, like I, this is like always like one of those things that I really struggle with when people are like, Oh, well this camera has like 19 stops of, of dynamic range. So I could take an image that was like pitch black and bring you know, bring up all the highlights in the, uh, in the shadows and have a perfectly deliverable, um, image. And I'm thinking to myself, well, why are you shooting the image that way to begin with? If you were just exposed correctly, (laughs) you you know what I mean? If you just like, 
take the time and expose your image correctly, you would have a great image because you haven't worked on your craft. You're, you're allowing the tool to do the work for you. And I think that the, this is like every camera is just a tool. I mean, all, some of the greats of the past had really crummy cam- Our cell phones were better cameras than what they had to, than what they had to deal with or what they were using at the time. But I feel like they really, really worked on their craft. And, you know, like I would say like, man, don't do not wait until you get paid to pick up your camera. You know, like, I feel like, like you've constantly, you know, like I think of it a a lot like this, as much as I hate Michael Jordan, which I do. um, (laughs) I, I, you know, like he would get up and would shoot 500 jumpers a day. He's constantly working on his craft. And I feel the same way. It wasn't the basketball. He didn't need a new basketball or any tennis shoes. He needed to work on his jump shot. And that's what, you know, turned him from being a, a good basketball player to an all-time great. And the same thing it is with us. I mean, like, you can pick up a, you know, uh, what it was the Sony A7R4, which just got really announced you can run out and go pick up that camera now you've got 98 megapixels to work with and 24 stops of dynamic range and you can catch a moving object by just blinking at it you know but is that going to make you a better photographer is that going to make your framing better is that going to make you um see things differently i mean the greatest tool that you have is your eyes yeah do you know like so i was like really concentrate on, on working in your craft i would say that's probably and, and stop chasing the gear. You know, and one way that I that I think I don't own a lens over fifty five millimeters. Mm. I shoot weddings full time. Um, I believe in moving my feet and not my lens. I'd, I've never understood anyone that's ever had to own a seventy to two hundred lens or one. I don't want to carry that much weight. Two, um, you know. All of my favorite photographers uh, of the past, and none of them are wedding photographers, um, didn't have that. They shot with a 35 millimeter lens, and and they went out and, and interacted with people and got all of great stuff without a 70 to 200 millimeter lens. I think that uh, you know one of the other things that I would also tell people is to experience different art, right? Like to not just consume photography get out and go to a museum. Do you know what I mean? Like look at paintings, look at the way that they lit, the way that they light paintings. Um, You know, and I just feel like, you know, when you're exposed to more stuff, it can have a greater influence on, on how you shoot. Um, Really go back and look at the classic movies that were made. Look at the way that they were lit. Um, Look at the way that they were framed. Uh, there's so much to be learned in the things that are around us. If you're not paying attention to the stuff that are around you, you're never going to become uh, a better photographer. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, those are some of the pieces of advice that I would give. I would also, that's the greatest piece of advice that I've ever been given is to not chase the gears, to chase my craft. And by chasing my craft, it has made me um, a better photographer. It's made me a better business owner. You know what I mean? Like, um, cause I can, when I, I go by that very two for them, one for me, uh, mentality when I shoot, when I photograph things. And when I tell my clients, it's like, Hey, I know we're beside a dumpster and it smells, but trust me, it looks great. You know, um, that's because they trust me because they trust that I understand the craft and what I'm trying to do. Um, and to me, that is is the biggest piece of advice that I can give anyone. Mm. Well, I love that. And I love that your background plays a huge role in how you see and photograph couples and their day because that photojournalistic aspect, you know, it wraps into the documentary aspect and you really see these moments in a, in a very raw and real way and like the most beautiful, in my opinion, the most beautiful moments, you know, and I love that. I love that you, you know, shoot with a, you know, moderate wide angle lens, you know, nothing, you know, longer than a 55. I love that so much because it forces you to be a part and in the story and really get in there and capture these, you know, what's happening right now. I think that's 
that's phenomenal. Um, and I love, love, love that you talk about, you know, really experiencing life because we can really be, um, you know, tunnel vision and, and, you know, just scrolling on Instagram all day long and, and looking at, you know, the very small, truly, like you think about it, like people you follow, very small group of, of artists versus this wide world where we have all this stuff around us all the time that can inspire and, uh, you know, cultivate creativity in a different way. So I think it's so great for you to say, especially to those that are just starting out that think they just have to hone in on, okay, who's doing what I need to replicate what they're doing. Cause that's what's hot right now, but like go be in the world and all of the goodness will just, just you soak it up. Yeah. A hundred percent to, to, I, I want to leave with one other like piece of advice and that's to be present, Yeah, you know, to not be chasing accolades and, and, notches in your belt but to, to be present and when you're present i feel that you can really catch genuine moments between people and the way that they're interacting with each other i mean so often i feel as if we're chasing stuff and i don't know why we're chasing it I, I think it's just we're we're naturally inclined to like for these like epic portraits on you know small mountains and and we're right. so disconnected from the things that are happening in front of us because this is what other people are currently doing. Right. Um, when my when my work starts to look a lot like other people's work, it's time for me to start thinking about zagging in a different direction. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe my work does look like other people's stuff, but like I, I maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But I, I think the thing is, this is that like I'm, I'm working with blinders on, and I'm not paying attention to what other people are doing. Yeah. Um, and I think taking a social media break is essential in that. I try to do it at least once a year, where I just kind of like, really kind of peel back and concentrate on myself and yeah. my family and and just ideas. I like I have a notebook that's beside my uh, that's beside my um, bed where I just randomly wake up and write down ideas and thoughts and, um, you know, and, and, and it's just a, um, if you don't have kids and you're listening to this and you have a lot of free time, cause it, you know, those of us with kids, we don't have free t- a lot of free time, um, to get out and experience the world. Uh, you know, spend some time with, with a young middle school photographer and see what they see. What's important to them is completely different than um, what you may think is important. Absolutely, it's like they're they're untarnished. <laughs> they're, yeah. just seeing, they're not chasing like, after anything, are, right? There's nothing to chase yet. There's nothing to chase yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, well, maybe you know, girls. I don't know, but like <laughs> how they see and how they're visualizing the world. It's almost romantic. I agree with that. And I love, like my, my daughter is, um, actually our kids are really similar ages. My daughter is seven. She's going to be eight. And, um, I bought her an old Canon rebel a couple years ago and I love seeing her pictures. So I upload them. I'll take her card out, upload them. And, uh, she has her own little Lightroom gallery and, just how she sees the world and what she thinks is beautiful. And like, granted, there's a ton of pictures of our dog's butts, but like, (laughs) but she takes these like incredibly insightful portraits that I'm like blown away by. That's one of my biggest inspirations currently. Yeah. And just this romantic, untarnished look at life. Truly. A hundred percent. I'm, I'm a, my oldest son is also, uh, in a, uh, aspiring photographer because um, he knows that's what I'm super passionate about, but I won't even let him touch a digital camera. He's yet, he shoots everything he shoots is on film. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I won't let, he has a little Olympus point and shoot. Uh, he also has a, I got him a Canon AE-1. All those, nice. a manual camera. I'd say yeah. 90% of those are blurry. <laughs> for sure for <laughs> to what he sees um, yes. and uh, he has a Hoga that I let him shoot uh, so he hasn't he's yet to be tarnished by a digital camera <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I have my uh, my daughter does the um, she does a Polaroid, Polaroid in yeah. which I love 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 what she creates with that. But it's like a dollar a picture, basically. So I was like dropping a ton of money <laughs> on our Polaroid, yeah. and again, more pictures of our dogs' butts. But yeah, no, I, no, I totally get that because I'm I'm a primarily a film shooter. I mean, I do have a couple of digital cameras, but uh, I I want want Noah, my oldest, to uh, experience it in in its raw form prior to putting a digital camera in his hand because, like, I, to me, like. It's what I learned on. I learned on film. I still shoot yeah. film. Digital has every. It, they're all tools. Like, um, but I wanted him to, uh, yeah, to kind of experience that and have to wait to see his photos. Mm, it's like Christmas. Is that the best ever? It is the best. Ever. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, Tim, you're the best. I'm so happy we connected. This makes me very, very happy. I'm so excited to launch this podcast and share it with our whole community. You guys go follow him. He's incredible. Again, thank you for taking the time today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much. Not at all. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you're here and we hope you walk away feeling inspired as hell. If you're not already a student in Unraveled Academy, go to www.theunraveledacademy.com. You can also access the link below. Come join us. We have a seat waiting with your name on it.